0: Well, we say uh, this morning we want to just talk about expanding our missions vision. Talk a little bit about missions, what God is doing. We love celebrating what God is doing in this area of missions. And there are some exciting things happening around the world and right here in Minnesota. We had uh, just about five weeks ago, we hosted something called the Sender Summit, I mentioned last night that we're going to talk a little bit about it this morning on the front end. And uh, you see a picture there of uh, 147 individuals. These are missions leaders, these are missions directors of nations or General Superintendents of Nations. The Assemblies of God Worldwide, World AG Fellowship, is made up of 160 different nations where we have governance now. There's a, The church is strong enough where they've established governance. And uh, we invited, of those 160, 104 of them, are now sending nations. That means they haven't just received missionaries, but now they are reciprocating. They are sending missionaries. And they have a a missions program or ministry that is developed enough where they have leadership. Of those 104 nations that we invited, 71 were able to come and uh, pretty special it's just exciting and I want to just take a moment and we're going to show you a recap video of what happened here on these grounds and again we just say thank you Lord for the privilege of being a part of what you're doing around the world and that little Alexandra can be a part of it right here at camp watch this on the screens Nine years ago, as we gathered together for a family camp in the worship center across the road, Pastor Denny Duran was with us from Louisiana. And he just kind of, as he was receiving the offering, he looked up over our heads and he pointed to what was the partial completion of this building. And he said, this new building will be used to host a worldwide mission summit. Missions leaders will gather. Leading missions minds will convene and strategize together here. And so here we are tonight standing on the cusp of who knows what god has before us we just say to god be the glory thank you for being here just like uh 300 people got together a little over 100 years ago and say we will commit ourselves to the greatest evangelism the world has ever seen we are like 120 in the upper room right now.
1: Brothers and sisters, our life and our ministry must be part of Missio Day. To circumscribe it, God doesn't have a mission for His church. He has a church for His mission. Theology of mission uh, has always disturbed the peace of the church
0: I want us not to get lost in the fact that while we want to reach every nation and every nation needs to have access to the gospel the truth is that every person needs access to the gospel the gospel is in you all the nation's ethnic shall be blessed amen that's the gospel for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved how then can they call on the one they have not believed in And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news.
1: Jesus said, go and make disciples to all the nations. Go, he says, but I will be with you always and that stands for us today too he is with us new workers are being added
0: because the work is great and there's much to be done it might be true that some countries have been laboring all day and are tired but god is about addition and multiplication and not replacement or subtraction
1: and we want to move in the power of the holy spirit to see the nations discipled and i'm just simply reminding us if we're going to make disciples of all the nations we got to be dead 100% dead. We love Jesus, we preach the gospel, we die, and we are forgotten. That's how we finish the task.
0: Prophetic word was spoken right here where I'm standing, July 1st, 2014. Denny Duran, who will be preaching Monday through Friday of this next week, back after nine years, stood here and he, he pointed at the building, the Dining and event Center, and as we said on the video, to those guests who had come, he said this building will be used to host missions, event from around the world, leaders will come. And uh, so we acted as, as we came, uh, I was sitting right down in the front row and uh, as Denny spoke those words in, in 2014, I, I remember sitting there and getting my phone out, looking around and saying, did anybody else just hear what I heard? And punching it into my phone and then s- sitting there thinking, God, if you would give me the opportunity at any point in life to be a part of what you want to do as what was just spoken to us, I'm in. And uh, we received a new assignment in in 2017 and stepping in and following Pastor St. John. And this was one of the things we began to to pursue as we pulled out the notes from 2014 and we looked at what God had spoken right here in one of our services. And uh, I went to Madrid. World AG Fellowship leadership was uh, convening there. And and, uh, I invited them to Alexandria. And they said, Alexandria, Egypt? they for some reason hadn't heard of alexandria before and i said no no alexandria minnesota and they said well where's minnesota <laughs> they're used to if they you know when they gather together it's if it's us it's miami or it's new york or la or you know it's a, it's a place they're familiar with i said well the mall of america have you heard of that yes we've heard of the mall of america and so they had context. They had an idea of what we were speaking, the area we were speaking of. That conversation began back in about 2018. We invited them. They responded. They said yes. And so, as I mentioned a moment ago, and as you saw, uh, just an incredible way that God has woven Alexandra and this camp into his mission's purposes through a prophetic word and just what his divine purposes. Let's put up the picture that was painted, and uh, just this prophetic, the prophetic piece was kind of a, a part of of, the conference as we were together. We had, a, there was an artist that came in from Spain, and, uh, or actually, no, he was Italy, and uh, Pentecostal missionary, I think we've got that, can we put that up, great, and uh He painted, you'll see it in just a moment, there's a picture of Minnesota's first missionary that is a part of this picture. Her name was Esther Hansen. She was living down in Minneapolis, and this was back in 1920. And uh, Esther Hansen heard there was going to be a missionary speaking in Alexandria, She came to Alexandria. There was a missionary from China speaking. Esther is over on the right. Esther uh, responded to the call of God and this this missions uh, thing that she heard of. And within two months, she was packing her bags and on her way to China with the team and with this missionary. She served her first term there, came to the end of her term. She was just 10 days from coming home. She got she uh, smallpox invaded her body. She died. Was buried in North China. And I shared uh, her story with the missionary leaders that had come from around the world. I said, you're here, right here in the same city where Esther Hansen, our first missionary, was called and sent out from. And in Alexandria, the place where they were sitting in the dining and event center, said, there have been many, many others who God has called around the altars of this camp and been sent as we continue. And uh, so the the artist kind of shared, you'll see this painting over in the dining and event center. And there's a description in the artist's words of what everything means. I won't take time to go through it with you this morning. But it was just a powerful uh, fulfillment of God's prophetic word and, and we were so blessed to be able to host. As they were here next uh, screen will show you just uh, what was accomplished and they came to this, this point of the MM33 it's called and uh, the MM33 is something that the World AG Fellowship Again, the 160 general councils that are around the world have signed on to this together, and they all put their signatures on it as they were here. And uh, this is kind of the, the preamble of it, just so you get a feel for missions-wise what the World Assemblies of God internationally is thinking and doing. Will our generation finally complete the Great Commission mandate of Jesus to take the gospel to the whole world? If not now, When? If not us, who? To these questions, members of the World Assemblies of God Fellowship say a resounding yes. The task must be completed. The time is now. There's significance to the time frame of 2033 because that is the 2,000-year anniversary of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the goal that they have stated is to see 1 million people assembly of God churches and we understand we're not the church we're just small c church we're just part of what God is doing but the goal the dream the vision is that we will see one million churches just in our fellowship within the next 10 years it's a pretty significant goal one that is unreachable apart from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit Thankfully, we're familiar with that, and we have been mandated by Scripture to do exactly what they agreed upon doing. Currently, we have 384,000 churches. We've got a ways to go. We have a task before us, and that is why they gathered here. How are we going to finish and as I close this morning, we'll, we'll have just a five-minute uh, clip from one of the classrooms uh, from uh, Dick Brogdon, and, and we'll just kind of close with that. And how will we finish? Let me just go from this. This is a little bit of what God is doing in the world today. We, we uh, celebrate that every 54 seconds, another person comes to Christ just through Assembly of God Ministries. That's pretty exciting. A whole bunch this week at camps, and summer in camps, there's there are those numbers. And that's just a part of what God is doing. Every 81 minutes, a new church is planted. We celebrate what God is doing, yet we understand, church, that we're just getting started. 42% of our world still waits to hear for the very first time that Jesus Christ died for them. You can find every, there are 7,000 people groups listed on j- uh, joshuaproject.org. You can go there, not now, but in a little bit, okay, joshuaproject.org. And you'll see all 7,000 of them, where they're at, where they're, how many people are, are a part of that. 42% of the world. So we celebrate what God is doing. We celebrate what God is doing in our fellowship, our church the Assemblies of God, and there are many here even that are on, at the, the family camp, we're not part of the Assemblies of God, but we gather together, and this is our camp, but yet we realize as we celebrate that the task is far from finished. My prayer this morning is God continue, God continue to raise up labors. We'll talk about that in just a moment. I believe God is uh, stirring hearts, and uh, over the camps this summer, our kids' camps, uh, the the call was was heard by children. It'll be heard by students in the weeks to come. So as we look into Scripture this morning, we we talk about God expand our vision in this area of mission missions. We we go to Luke chapter nineteen and verse ten, and you'll see it on the screen here. And uh, Jesus is speaking, and he says of himself, he says, the Son of Man came for this purpose, to seek and to save the lost. That's why I'm here. He gives his mission statement. Look all, you know across the Internet, and you'll find different ways of constructing a mission statement. Just go to Scripture. Jesus did it best, and he just said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Everything Jesus did was about fulfilling the mission. The salvation of the lost. His calling of disciples and training of disciples. His preaching, his teaching, his, his ministry, the miracles. His trip to Calvary on the cross. It was all with that focus. The salvation of the of the lost. And this morning, I'm here just to remind you, just to remind you, Minnesota, Lake Geneva, our mission is the same as Christ's. The church, the mission of the church today is the same as Christ. Nothing has changed. There are still unreached people groups. There are still portions of nations that are unreached, nations that are largely untouched. And it will take a Holy Spirit-empowered effort of the church to break through and for this to happen. But we see Jesus laying the foundation. Missions is local, and we, we, sometimes we think of missions as being just foreign. Missions is local, and it is global. It begins, Jesus said, we would be empowered to be as witnesses first in Jerusalem. It starts in our hometown. It starts where we live, where we raise our families. That's where it begins. But the mission of the church doesn't stop there. It continues to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the mission of the church. It's local and it's global. It's it's fun to to realize as you think of the, the farthest city from Jerusalem. The farthest city in the world from Jerusalem has the gospel got there. The largest, uh, the, the farthest large city from Jerusalem is found in New Zealand. And you might get an indication from the name of the church or the name of the city as to whether the gospel has gotten there yet. It is called Christ's Church, New Zealand. Yes, the gospel has gotten there. But there are 7,000, as I said, people groups scattered around the world, largely within the 1040 window, that are unreached. And God has called us to go there. Summer of 2012, I was on vacation. We have vacationed for a number of years up in a place called Park Rapids, just a little slice of heaven in our state and it's a beautiful little lake up there a resort we go to and my our family goes my brother his family and my parents when they were living and and uh, we just go and spend time together i always love bringing a novel in 2012 I, the the author that i like to read is christian author robert robertson and uh he didn't have a new one out and so I found a book that I wanted to read. It was a history book It was on the first 50 years of the Assemblies of God. I like history And so I'm sitting by the lake and God begins to stir my heart. This is Again, 11 years ago Just stir some new things in my heart as a district youth director at that time regarding missions I read about the the formation of our church, the Assemblies of God, and I, I discover as I'm reading that the first 300 people that gathered together, they were outcast from other churches because they had received this Pentecostal experience, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They had received that and been thrown out of their churches, so they had gathered together, these 300 people. But what I didn't know is that of those first 300, 27 were missionaries. Grabbed a hold of my focus, my attention. Almost 10% from the very beginning of our, the very formation of our fellowship called the Assemblies of God, 10% nearly were missionaries. They were so captured by this vision to reach the world called the Great Commission, which Jesus has given to his church to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all nations, raise up disciples of all nations, they were so captured by that that within five years from 1914 to 1919 the number of missionaries grew to 206. That's significant commitment and growth in prayer. They were all about missions from those five years, a growth from 27 to 206. This was their prayer as I read, it read through this, this book that was the history of the, our first 50 years. It said, "God, help us to be the greatest work of evangelism the world has ever seen." That sounds just a bit over the top to some people, perhaps. Really? The greatest work of evangelism? Who do you think you are? Audacious, arrogant. God didn't hear it that way. Because it had to do with God's heart of the lost. That's God's passion. As he sent his son and Jesus as he came to seek and save the lost, God didn't seem to be offended at all. In fact, his blessing has rested upon our fellowship because we have remained focused and stayed focused on the mission. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And church, if we will remain committed and focused on what God gave us as an assignment to do, we will continue to walk in His favor, in His blessing, in His anointing. It will continue to to be a part of who we are. But we need to stay focused on what God is focused on, on what he sent his son Jesus, and he was focused on reaching the lost, caring for the lost. One of our first superintendents said this about the Assemblies of God. This is 1922. I wasn't around yet. I don't. Looking around this, this crowd, I don't think any of you were either. 101 years ago, he said the Assemblies of God Was not intended to be or never was meant to be an institution It is just a missionary agency That's who we are This is our DNA This is our core To reach the lost in the community that you live. And when you began and we began to reach the lost in our community, amazing things happen within the church. The church has life. We move forward. We have God's blessing. We have God's favor. And to reach to the ends of the earth. This is who we are in that same time frame God was just stirring in my heart as a, as a district youth director things related to missions I don't have time to share it all but one of the things I as I was praying one day take you to the place in the district office in our upper meeting room upper conference room praying one morning and just so so clearly heard God speak to my heart someday a group of students somewhere are going to give a million dollars to speed the light that had never happened that was far from where we were at. We were at about 400000 in giving. But I remember as the Holy Spirit spoke that to my, my heart in, in 2013, God got a hold of my heart in, in saying these three questions to God. Why not us? Why not Minnesota? Why not now? We began to God just was stirring things, and, and this stirring is uh, we we pursued that in in 2015. Students gave one million and four thousand dollars, just squeaked over the the threshold of a million. And then the next year is one point one million, and and now Kirby and our Minnesota students are just blowing it up. They're over two million the last couple of years. That, that doesn't that's not just happening everywhere, but since Minnesota step through that threshold, there are other districts, are two, three other districts that have begun. And we see what God is doing. God it was stirring this missions passion reminding me of what He said in Scripture He's going to do in Matthew 24, 14. So we put it up on the screens. Matthew 24, 14 says, this gospel will be preached in much of the world as a testimony to some nations. God oh, I have a hard time reading, I guess. No, that's not what it says, is it? This, test, this gospel will be preached in the whole world. It's a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is what we're called to. Proclaim the gospel, the good news. God has changed. God has forgiven. God brings grace. God brings love. And we've heard the gospel presented here in this chapel, the last several services from Friday night, and we'll hear it all week long. But the world waits. And the scripture says the whole world. This is what God is just impressing on my heart. The, the question for us is: as the assemblies of God, it's not, is this going to happen? This is God's word. It's going to happen. Here's the question for us this morning. Is the assemblies of God going to be a part of this? Is the, part, the church that you are a part of, the body of Christ locally that you're a part of, are you going to be a part of this? Yes. Yes. Just like the, the 147 guys who were here and women that were here uh, five weeks ago and they said with a resounding yes. Minnesota, we say yes. This is who we are. This is what God has called us to do and called us to be. And if we'll stay there, stay on track, amazing things can happen. Saudi Arabia, just in the last few years, has opened their borders. Prior to the, this happening, you and I could not have gone to Saudi Arabia. But just in the last few years, they have issued tourist visas. Incredible. And uh, today we have Assembly of God missionaries. One of them was here with us uh, at, at the, uh, the summit just a few weeks ago. We have missionaries. Boots on the ground in Saudi Arabia. It, it, this is uh, the missionary Students tell us this, that the, the issuing of tourist visas in Saudi Arabia is the equivalent of the collapse of the, the Berlin Wall in Germany a few years ago. It's that significant. It's, it is night and day. It has opened the, the, the entire Arab world, Muslim world. This is the, the home of Mecca. Saudi Arabia is the home of Mecca. It's their, their most cherished place. The gospel is being proclaimed in Saudi Arabia. And there will be 7,000 other preaching points that are not yet reached that will be reached before the end comes. I just believe with the anointing of God's Spirit and the empowerment just as the disciples in the New Testament experienced with a, as they were sent out and there was persecution that was behind that. As they were sent out, they accomplished an incredible feat in a short amount of time i believe our last days church we're going to see and experience what is written for us in scripture my audacious prayer today is god let minnesota be ground central ground zero for what you want to do why not minnesota why not us if our hearts, if our motives, if our, our minds and, and what we do can be in purity and not in, in selfishness and in, in whatever else, if we can just have God's heart, God can and will bless if, if it is our desire and our stated obedience uh, in following and in obedience is, is to do what Christ has said will happen. Church, it's, it's exciting what can happen. Minnesota can be a significant part of that. What might it look like? Let me just talk to you about two or three, three things quickly, what it might look like. I'm trying to get done in time so we have church this morning. Oh, first thing is this. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest for laborers. Matthew 9, 38, pray the Lord of harvest that he will send forth labors. Minnesota, this is what we need to be doing. Praying and believing for our local church that God can call and will call out of our local church. I can assure you that at each of our camps, it's happening. Our district things where we come together, it's going to happen. It was just uh, back in February... Pastor Kirby had the called conference. 530 students showed up for the called conference. High school students. This is what God is stirring in our state. Why not pray and believe God to... to uh, I've been praying for the last 20 years. God, would you call a thousand, a thousand out of Minnesota to the ends of the earth? Why not? And uh, why not every church? Every church. L- let me give you some stats. In The United States as a whole, we have one missionary for every five churches. Very strong number, good number. In Canada, they're stronger than we are, percentage-wise. We have many more missionaries because we have many more churches. Canada has one missionary for every three churches. Let me talk to you about Minnesota, what God is doing here. We have one missionary for every 1.4 churches. You say, praise the Lord? Can we just say, to God be the glory? That is amazing. Amazing. We have 175. Just six years ago, that number was 125. We see that number growing, and, and we understand that, that missionaries that you send, not all of them are AGWM missionaries. This is just one metric that we can follow and we can, we can track because the numbers are given to us, but the, the growth is significant. We see what God is doing, and as we will pray, the Lord of the harvest, he will do what only he can do. Churches like River Valley, uh, as they have got a hold of a, such a, a great missions vision, there, Pastor Rob Ketterling, they are praying for 500 out of their nine campuses. That's half of a thousand. We have 250 churches, and and today we have one for every 1.4. Well, that's 175 out of 250. That I mean, you just do the math, and you see, just in your head, this is when you add the Holy Spirit's empowerment to to what can happen it is we are on the threshold we are on the verge if we will do what God has asked us to do as a church this can happen in Latin America all 20 nations are growing in their missions giving and their missions going and their mission sending all 20 incredible just nation after nation The Colombian uh, director of missions was here, from Colombia, and he said, he he used this illustration as as he was talking to us in Spanish, and it was interpreted, he said, I love bread. I love fresh bread. I I love bread from all over Colombia. He said, I have bakeries all across Colombia. Some of them are in big cities. Some of them are in small cities. But every city, dependent regardless of size, can have a good bakery. They can produce bread, and the the analogy that he made was every church, big church, big city, smaller church or a small city, every church. Every church can be a sending church. Every church can have a missionary. Every church can be a part of this. Just exciting to see the vision that is going worldwide. So we, we, we believe that through our prayer, God is going to raise up laborers. The second area is just go. Go. We live in an incredible day. We have the opportunity to step on a plane and if it's not delayed, which the 4th of July is not a good time to be going. But uh, I'm just saying we, we live in this day where of opportunity where we can go to the ends of the earth ourselves. That wasn't always the case. Missionaries years ago, they were on a boat for months just to get where God had called them. We're on a plane for a day and, and we can be to the, the furthest end of the world. Why do we say that we should go? Short-term missions, go and see. Every person has an opportunity to go. Why is that important? Why? When we go, we see things differently. I was just in Thailand in December. I saw a whole different part of the Buddhist world that I had never seen before. When we go, we see things differently. When we go, God begins to expand our vision for the lost. He begins to birth dreams in our heart, regardless of age. Children, students, young adults, retirees. God begins to show us the need of the world and what we can do about it as individuals, even living in Alexandria or somewhere in Minnesota. And our churches are enriched as we come back with vision. And we began to share of this is what I saw, this is what God said to me, this is what I experienced. And the, the church flourishes and grows and their mission's vision because we've gone and, and we're a part of going. I was the last thing I did as a district youth director, my last assignment and kind of a a, a bridge into the new assignment was I took a group of youth pastors, we went to Ethiopia. Had a tremendous time of just seeing what God is doing in Ethiopia. And when we were there, we were sitting uh, in the last day. We were last day or two. We were sitting in the, the back row and being in uh, a part of the service. They called the leadership forward, and when they called us forward, they they had us kneel on the platform. This is a church of a thousand plus people, and they said, "This is basically what they said." They said, "Thanks for coming." Thanks for coming to our country. Thanks for being a sending nation. If you would not have, if America would not have sent, this church would not be here. And each of our team members kind of just absorbed the reality of that moment. Here's a church of a thousand and God's work would not even be active in this country potentially if someone hadn't have gone from America from the US this going uh, is a part of the the uh, equation it's never convenient to go it costs money I don't know if you knew that it costs money It takes time. It takes time away from your family. It takes time away from your job. It takes time from other priorities that you have in life as you put God's priority first. But I want to just encourage you. You will never regret the investment of time or finance to go personally. There's a lot of ways to go these days. Bridging the gap has opportunities, ladies. You've got opportunities all around the world. And there's, there's just incredible opportunities. Our, our uh, AIM Ministries, through Student Ministries, they have uh, over 20 teams this year, our students, just uh, Bobby Loken and uh, Pastor Kirby, the team, that they are providing for students, for men, for children. There's just opportunities for us to go, and many things outside of our church as well. But just want to encourage you to go. The, the last thing, and we'll, we'll uh, try to land the plane here as a church if we pray if we go and if we give it's just another way if we can be a part of what god has called the church to do in this owning missions give pretty incredible what is happening all across our fellowship and particularly in minnesota Now, if you're a numbers person, you'll grab a hold of this. If not, it'll go right over your head. But let me just shoot a number at you. In six years ago, our missions giving to to Assemblies of God World Ministries, six years ago, lean in and try to get this because it's really big. Our missions giving in 2016 was $8.3 million dollars. Our missions giving last year was $17.6 million. That is huge. Yeah, to God be the glory. God is doing something right here in Minnesota. We're a part of this. God's not going to do it on Minnesota's back or even on the U.S.'s back. This isn't a call to the U.S. church. His mandate is to the church globally. But together, as we all do our part, in all generations all nations this job is going to get done and this giving component is just a part of it but it's something that is very tangible something we can measure something we can celebrate our kids man they gave almost 500,000 dollars this year half a million dollars our kids that's 200,000 up from the two years prior 100,000 year the last there's this trajectory that's happening right here in Minnesota Bridging the gap, they had their largest missions giving ever this last year at their Thrive Conference. Uh, our Speed the Light, our our students, and what they are doing is just incredible. They had six hundred and I think the number was six hundred sixty-five thousand that came in one night of giving on their Miracle Night in October last year. This is what God is doing in Minnesota, just here. Why not Minnesota? Why not us? Why don't just, can, can we just make ourselves available to God? Is there any limit to what -- is 17, 17.6 million seem like or excuse me, 17.3 million seem like a big number to God? No. It's nothing. If we will just let God speak to us and work through us, incredible things far beyond what we have imagined or seen can happen in, in days to come. The switch of generosity has been flipped. It's on in Minnesota. It's game on. And we get to be a part of this. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. There is no limit to what God can do through us. Together with all nations, all generations, we can can see God's word accomplished. God did not give us an impossible task. When he said go into, when he said every nation every tribe every kid when he said the the gospel will be preached to the whole world this was not an impossible task he sent his son he sent his holy spirit he had nobody left to send up in heaven he sends his church us that's our job and we're going to be part of this As we come to the close of time, we look at the Scripture and what it says here to us in Revelation. I referenced it a moment ago. A great multitude that no one could number from every nation, kindred, every tribe and tongue will be present in the presence of God, standing before the throne and the Lamb. This is our destiny. This is our calling. This is what we're a part of, church. If we choose, if we say yes, we pray, we go, we give, we do what God puts in our heart individually and corporately to do. We, as we started a $10 million campaign for this camp, the thought that God brought to my heart was God is big enough to pay for a, a little building and to grow missions at the same time. This is not something that that is, oh, we're going to limit what God can do. No, in the midst of, of paying for a building, missions giving continues to grow. This is who we are. This is what God has called us to do and to be. So let me close with a video. Just five minutes of Dick Brogdon. Dick Brogdon is a missionary to Saudi Arabia. One of our leading voices of A.G. Missions, and uh, he was here with us. God spoke to him as he was here and, and through him. In the one session, you heard it referenced earlier on the earlier video, and now he, you'll hear just a little bit of what can happen. As we talk about how is this going to happen, it's going to happen as we love Jesus, we preach the gospel, the next, the next two are not quite as exciting. We die and we're forgotten. Watch the video, and let's dream about God Love using Jesus.
1: Us. Preach the gospel. Die, and be forgotten. Frank Borham, in his book A Bunch of Everlastings, tells the story of Hugh Latimer. Let me paraphrase it briefly. Hugh Latimer was born to a family of farmers. He studied Latin at age four. He went to Cambridge. Was a fellow at Clare's College became a priest in 1552. After his conversion, which I'll come to in a moment, he began to preach fearlessly. He wanted to get the Bible's, Tyndale's translation into the hands of all of those in England. It was illegal at the time. So he was called before Cardinal Thomas Wosley and was admonished, but he kept preaching. He was imprisoned by Henry VIII in the Tower of London. And then when Mary came to power, he was also... Tried, convicted, and sentenced to be burnt at the stake. You maybe don't remember his name. This happened in 1555, but maybe you remember the quote that I'll share in a moment because as Latimer is being led to the stake with his friend Nicholas Ridley, who was the Bishop of London, here is what Latimer said. "'Play the man, Master Ridley. "'We shall this day light such a candle,' By God's grace in England, as I trust, shall never be put out. Play the man, we're going to light a candle that will never go out. That was 1555. And from that incandescent death in 1555 flow an irrepressible tide. John, give me Scotland or I die, Knox, 1560. John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, 1678. Amazing Grace John Newton 1748. George Whitfield 1770. The Wesley Brothers 1788. William Carey going to India 1793. William Wilberforce abolishing slave trade 1807. David Livingston. 1840, Charles Spurgeon, 1850. Hudson Taylor going to China in 1854. All of these burned for Christ, lit up their dark world from the candle that Hugh Latimer and Bishop Ridley lit on that brave day in 1555. Latimer was the father of the Reformation in England, and everything that flowed out of England to North America and to Latin America, perhaps Europe, Africa, it all goes back to the father of the British Reformation, Hugh Latimer, in 1555. But who led Latimer to Jesus? He was this famous lecturer. He burned bright. And all of us are his spiritual descendants in one way or another. And there was a little man listening to him lecture before he got saved. So insignificant. His name was Thomas Bilney. And his nickname, because he was so small and quiet and shy, was Little Bilney. So Little Bilney goes to listen to Hugh Latimer preach, and he prays this prayer. O oh God, I am but Little Bilney, and shall never do any great thing for thee. But give me the soul of that man, Hugh Latimer, and what wonders He shall do in thy holy name. And one day Latimer is preaching, he comes down off the dais, and by happenstance, his priestly robe happens to brush the face of little Bilney. So Bilney takes advantage of that and says, Father, can I confess something to you? They go into a private chambers, and little Bilney confesses that he's been reading the Bible. He said, I went to the priests. They pointed me to broken cisterns that held no water, mocked my thirst. I bore the load of my sins until I was crushed under the burden. But then I read, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. And by faith I gave my heart to Jesus. He gives his testimony to Hugh Latimer, and Hugh Latimer falls on his face next to little Thomas Bilney and gives his heart to Jesus. And here's my point. Nobody remembers who little Bilney is. We don't even know most of us who Hugh Latimer is anymore. And that is right and that is good because the mark of the greatest disciple makers is that they are forgotten. No one remembers them. If we Incredible. do our job well...
0: Incredible teaching and truth. Hugh Latimer. The next Hugh Latimer may be here in our campground this summer. The young man, the the gentleman who led him to the Lord. Ultimately, God has a plan for the redemption of the world. He had a plan to use England, 25% of the world's Population was under the British flag at one point, and they did their part. They proclaimed the gospel. They faded. Let's do what God has positioned us to do, Minnesota. Let's be the missions movement God has raised us up to be.